If you were a fish, what fish would you be and why? A catfish, because I taste delicious. A jellyfish, because you'd live forever. (laughs) (sighs) I know you're not a big fan of Facebook, but uh, you're not alone. (laughs) No way. Uh, There there was a poll done by Axios uh, Harris uh, ranking uh, some of the top public-facing companies uh, in the world, or rather, uh, of, the, of the United States. And, uh, well, the essentially, uh, Facebook, uh, out, of, out of 100 polls of, uh, or out of 100 comp- companies that the general public sees as, you know, decent or whatever, uh, Facebook is all the way down in the 90s. And uh, I thought this was interesting because around this publication of the poll, uh, Facebook, or rather Zuckerberg, put on Facebook a post saying that he wants to revamp the company and focus on privacy because that's been, you know, with the Cambridge Analytica scandal, uh, you know, uh, the uh, issues with potentially potentially messing up with the political arena here in the United States. I I just kind of want to get your take. Do you think Facebook can get out of this? Like, do you think Facebook in five years from now will look at Facebook and say, oh, they're not such a bad company? Or do you think that it's it's over for them and they'll always be seen as the company that you have to use, but you don't want to (laughs) use? I would hope that they would change so that latter statement doesn't apply uh i don't really use facebook that much anymore it's become just i don't know social media just isn't something i'm super into right now i mean if it was more my job to be into it or something i would be more involved but just right now, like in terms of like personal posts, whether it be Instagram or Facebook or whatever, I find it hard to motivate myself to post. I I always feel like, oh, well, you have to post. I was like, no, I don't want to. And no, I don't have mm-hmm. to. And so that'll be done. As for Facebook, I mean, they're, they're smart. They, they're a big enough company to turn around, but. I don't know. It just seems like they've been in this situation for too long. And they're losing traction faster and faster and faster and faster. Almost at every turn, it seems as though Facebook has screwed up somehow. Like if something were to happen in Zimbabwe and it was technologically connected I feel like somehow Facebook would be intertwined into that. It's like, oh, well, looks like Facebook uh, has some biased ads that were being distributed to people and causing an uproar or something like that. Mm. Um, Just to give people an idea that are listening, because this is ranking of 100 different companies. And if you're driving, I don't foresee you looking this up. Wigman's is number one. They're a food – a – a uh, food market company. Um, number two is Amazon. Pagoda is number three. 
Walt Disney number five, LOB number four, and uh, Samsung number seven. Microsoft's number nine, Sony's number ten. All the way in the 30s, 34, Best Buy. And then our favorite company that we like to uh, that we like to talk about a lot is Electronics Art. They're all the way down at 51. EA, baby. So oh, are we and, talking about trustworthiness, like ranking of trustworthiness? Uh, this is the reputation of the most visible companies in the U.S. So it breaks it down to their affinity, their ethics, their growth, products and services, citizenship, vision, culture, character, and trajectory. So they're, they're taking data points from, from a poll, and I don't know how they're getting all these polls uh, necessarily, but uh, they're grabbing all these polls from your general uh, Amer- uh, you know, average Joe American, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. and compiling it. And I don't know if you're getting an email saying, hey, how would you rank Ford? Or do you think Starbucks is ethical? Yes or no? I don't think it's that cut and dry. I feel like the way that they do these polls are kind of like when you start doing surveys. uh, Like I know with Google, there's the Google opinion reward surveys that you can get. Right. And some of those. those questions. Yeah. Some of those questions are very much related to my search history on YouTube or my search history on Google Play Music. And some of the questions are like uh, not off the wall, but they do kind of come out of nowhere. And I answer it because, you know, I get 10 cents for answering the question and it adds up. But I feel like that's kind of how they could potentially be gathering this uh, type of information. But um I don't want to get into the political skirmish that this is going to cause, but uh, 97, Sears, 98, Trump Organization, 99, Philip Morris, and 100, the U.S. government. So, oh. so those, those are the, the, top, <laughs> the top worst companies or organizations in the United States. And like I said, Facebook is in the 90s or 94, right behind... Uh, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, and Comcast. Comcast is 91. And of all the airlines that everyone makes jokes about, it looks as though those jokes are very much widespread because Spirit Airline is number 90. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it's okay because McDonald's like is list. a little bit better at 88. You don't like this list? No, it just I, – I would have reorganized it. I'm not going to go into where and how I would have reorganized it, but sure, that's not sure, the yeah. that's not the list layout I would have gone with. Well, it's interesting because th- you can't do apples to apples on everything, right? You can't just claim United Airlines is better than the Trump Organization because at least United Airlines got me to Chicago. Trump Air- Trump didn't do anything. But well, no, that's not really what we're comparing here. We're comparing. Product and services, we're comparing citizenship, vision, and it's like, yeah, but in a survey, you can't convey that, especially if the person that is taking the survey doesn't necessarily know that they're, that, that that particular data is being compared to other things. So I do see that there is some skewing here. Or if they don't understand back- the question at all. Right. Yeah. So uh, the question itself could be extremely ambiguous or misleading. Um, Now, the Harris Poll seems to be uh, a fairly reputable company 
that does these quote unquote third party unbiased polls. So I, I, it's not just like your fly by night. Hey, I did a straw poll and everyone hates the U.S. <laughs> government and Facebook. I mean, I mean, if you did one of those, it would probably true be true as well. But this seems to be fairly somewhat scientific. But it's still like like you said, it, it, it it's not the or the order of how these are coming out doesn't seem to be uh very true uh, in its nature mm-hmm. but i don't know um but going back to the whole facebook thing you're right um you you and i are both somewhat anti facebook we have to use it for our day job uh it's funny my my girlfriend's family they all keep trying to add me on facebook and i keep ignoring them <laughs> and i have to tell her to tell her family hey please tell her tell them to add me on instagram and she says, oh, but they're not in, on Instagram. Like, ah, oh, dang it. So I'm an a-hole in this situation. <laughs> I'm not adding anybody, not even her mother. <laughs> so, but uh, I don't know. It's it, it's it's funny because I, 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 like you, I feel that Facebook could get underneath this and get out of this. Because that's what happened with Microsoft. In the late 90s, early 2000s, everybody hated Microsoft. And one of the big things that changed was leadership change. So I think if Facebook were to say, hey, Zuckerberg, uh, yeah, you're out. The board of directors, uh, we've all agreed, you're out, and we're bringing in this other dude uh, from this other company who has a much better track record and has a much better vision and uh, idea of how to redefine the company and redefine uh, how we're going to go about creating a better atmosphere or in this poll better affinity better ethics better growth better citizenship how we're going to improve all of that and i i I really feel that it has to do with the leadership (laughs) just imagining some company meeting we're going to improve our citizenship and somebody in the meeting it's just like with regular employees and they're like citizenship with what? <laughs> oh, come on! That was funny. I don't know what they what what their what what their meaning is when it comes to citizenship itself. Like I, I'm sure there's a breakdown here uh, when I'm looking at the report, but uh, maybe it has to do with the citizenship of uh i mean this is an american thing and it's focused on american companies so citizenship on how maybe how connected to their community they are and how maybe yeah maybe how much they show they're aware of what their community wants yeah it could be um i mean it for those who care to, to to look at it Yourselves. I mean, this is a really long, not just the list, but just the methodology. That there's a lot, but uh, it kind of answers one question as to like how the uh, questions are asked. So respondents are randomly assigned to rate two of the companies with which they are very or somewhat familiar. Each interview lasts approximately twenty minutes. So it doesn't. So it, it doesn't sound like. It's just a random question that comes through a survey for Google Opinion Rewards. It sounds like when you go to the mall and the person at the mall – I don't know if you've seen this, Quentin. 
But the person at the mall says, hey, do you have a minute to take a survey? We'll pay you 50 bucks for it. Have you ever come across those people? No, I'd like 50 bucks. Yeah, no, I mean, some of the uh, some of them are uh, fairly lucrative. There was one where they gave me two hundred dollars to uh, to answer questions for 45 minutes. It was great. It was awesome. It was a check cut to my name, like right there. There's no strings attached. And I was like, I was out of there uh, uh, within an hour. <laughs> so that's what this kind of sounds like, um, because you are getting, you know, for the most part, you're getting the average person who is uh, probably not all fiscally responsible, but at least likes money <laughs> <laughs> enough to spend 20 minutes. I'd say I'm fiscally responsible, but I'd still, I'd still take a quiz for two hundred dollars. That's a, uh, seems like a win-win to me. Going back to the the topic at hand, Facebook. They, uh, what do you think if they brought somebody in that's different? Do you think that would make a difference? Do you think that they they need their own Satya Nadella, so to speak, to to steer the ship out of uh, crummy waters into something that might be much better in long term? I definitely think it would be beneficial for them in the short term to like you'd see a lot of people that wouldn't understand the nuances of it but see hey the person who was in charge left and that would be enough for them Mm. so i think it's a a step but unless it's a really good person it's only going to affect a small amount of people well i don't think this is the end for facebook um i think they need to keep pivoting I think that they, I mean, if they're going to have a focus on privacy, they cannot be uh, vague about it. They need to be completely transparent about the privacy, which I know it sounds counterintuitive, but they need to talk about how they're going to be implementing end-to-end encryption into our messaging, not just WhatsApp, but also Facebook Messenger. And I know it has it, but it doesn't really have it for everybody. Or Instagram, they 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 need to they need to increase uh, productivity on uh, creating new services that I don't know may or may not be free, but at least there would be something that would be worth its weight and in uh, its efficiency. And mm-hmm. if it's something that might cost us like you know a dollar a month or something, if it's worth it, and I don't see ads. And they're transparent, like, hey, we're not charging, we're going to charge you, but you're not going to be thrown into this whole ad machine here. It could offset their costs. It could uh, improve their bottom line. And it could make people think, hey, you know, Facebook ain't, isn't as bad as it used to be. Every company goes through, you know, their ups and their downs. And so while we all hate Facebook as collectively, for the most part, um, I feel like in 10 years from now, if, if they figure their stuff out and they're listening to security analysts and they're also listening to the general public of what we want and how we want to be treated as users and not just numbers and ad marketing dollars, then it would be better for everyone. Wow. You have a lot more detailed response than I did. I'm like, they will be better. <laughs> you sound like a business analyst. Well, that's my middle name. Business analyst. Tony, business analyst, Hannity's. Hannity's. All right. Well, good, good for you. 
Back at Google I.O. last year, they unveiled this technology called Google Duplex, which allows the Google Assistant to make a phone call in your behalf and actually make a reservation for like a hair appointment or a doctor's visit or like a table at a restaurant. But what makes it different than a robocall is that Google Duplex sounds like an actual human and it has like human like uh it says uh and it says um and it has human like responses and it's all ai it's all you know artificial intelligence and now uh it is going to be available on pixel devices and future devices in the um in the next few months across 43 states and your state and my state are listed so I wanted to get your uh, impression of this as we've had almost a year to think about this and we probably thought about it and forgot about it, but now it's back in the news. Yeah, I was going to say, we did, we did talk about it before. We did uh, talk about it before, and but things have changed just in the social landscape, you know? And so I, I wanted to see if, if, uh, if your ideology of what duplex is attempting has changed or if it stayed the same. Yeah. I remember talking about this before you, what devices did you say it's good for again? Well, according to the Google post, it says, quote, you can now use it on all pixel phones in 43 States. So that assumes that if you still have a pixel one from, you know, three years ago, it'll work for the pixel one, the pixel two, and of course the pixel three. But in both incarnations, no the X. Google Home, no iPhone, none of that. Right now, no, but it's going to be available on alternate devices um, later, you know, this year. Mm. But what you're saying is it doesn't affect me. Right now, it won't affect you. Uh, again, over the next few weeks, we'll start bringing this. That's not what they say. We'll start slowly bringing this feature to more Android and iOS devices. Okay, so this is even sooner than a few months. It says over the next few weeks, and this was posted on the 6th of March. So in just a few weeks, Mr. Quinton, you in lovely old UT will be able to make reservations for you and your lovely wife without having to actually call the place now this this only works for like restaurants or like i was saying uh like doctor visits or whatever that don't already have an online presence that mm. don't have appointment you know booking uh technology set up online right um so if, if they're on open table they're it's not going to work but do you think that i think uh i, I just want to get your opinion on like do you think businesses would be okay with this or do you think that they would want to be opted out? Google will give them an option to opt out if uh, if they ever get a phone call like this. But I think as think- long as it's rigid and believable, uh, most businesses won't care. There always is going to be those businesses that are like, no, technology is scary. Go away. But mm-hmm. I, for the most part, I don't think they're going to care if they – if it's not discernible, like you, you're on that phone call and it's just like the standard, you know, okay, we'll table for two, you know, 5 p.m. tomorrow. Great. Okay, bye. Most of them aren't going to care. Right. Like, yeah, most of them are not going to care at all. 
I don't know how it is over there in Utah, but here in California, when you're on the phone with a robot, generally speaking, and this doesn't happen all the time, especially not with uh, tele, uh, telemarketers, but generally speaking, when you are being recorded for you know privacy concerns or whatever and future training uh, purposes, they tell you that. It's like, this call is being recorded. It, they'll, they'll tell you that. And so with, with, with duplex, that was one of the concerns. Like if I am that 16-year-old kid that answers the phone at La Maison, which is you know just a random French restaurant in San Francisco, um, am I going to be aware that I'm talking to Google Duplex or am I going to be tricked that I'm talking to a human? I'd almost rather, if especially if the technology is good enough, I'd almost rather be tricked. I'd rather not know. Because if I knew that it's a robot trying to mimic uh, a human, I'm going to be looking for any microscopic faults. Mm -hmm. But if it's just a normal person and they, you know, pause in a weird moment or say something weird, I'm not going to think about it. You're just going to think they're a weird person. Right. <laughs> Why I mean, would you maybe, pause there? Maybe I'll think Weirdo. occasionally if, if they say something really off the wall, I'll think, hmm, I wonder if this is a robot. But for the most part, I don't think you should tell people that it's a robot. Well, whether you think that they should be told or not, I believe Google Duplex will start the conversation with you're getting a phone call uh, from Google Assistant and then it switches over to this f- fake human. I, I believe that's how the technology is going to be, at least for right now. Uh, and that, that might differ from state to state because th- I, I feel like in California, that's going to be a requirement. But in like say Utah or Colorado or even over there in the East Coast states, it might not be a requirement. It might be like, like you said, like you won't even know. You won't notice a difference. I think what you will start noticing is if you are that kid and you start getting phone calls and the voice sounds like the same guy. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on <laughs> Why here. Why are you making like 16 Why are you making different making so many calls? Yeah, yeah that's for another all thing is if people. they don't have if they don't have another voice or two or five or ten, yeah. Mm-hmm. The eventually if you're gonna hear it over and over and over again, I think eventually it's gonna wear on you where you're like, Oh, it's the robot. Yeah, I think that's that, that could be a problem. I know that they're working. Uh, they have two. I, I believe there's a man and a woman. So there's two. Uh, then they also showed off how they use this Google Duplex uh, technology to uh, to to have people uh, use their own voice. So they actually, I believe it was John Legend. They had John Legend come into the Google campus and record a couple of words, and just off of that, they were able to have. John Legend say not he didn't sing a song or anything, but he said a couple of phrases, but it wasn't him talking. It was Google mm-hmm. Duplex talking as him. Hmm. And it sounded it sounded pretty good. It was it was believable enough that if you were to make a phone call with that, I'd say, wow, John Legend just said blah, blah, blah to me. That's pretty cool. The scary part of it is the scary part, right, that you can trick anybody into doing anything and it would be like that movie Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf. I don't know if you remember that. That was oh that movie man, came. that was remember so that long movie? ago. Yeah, yeah. And basically, that where he gets tricked thinking that 
um, this this that he's saving this woman or something. But then in reality, he's actually talking to a robot. If I if, if I remember it correctly, I, I could be misconstruing it, but he thought he was doing one thing and saving saving somebody or, or protecting somebody. Mm-hmm. But in the end, he was actually just a pawn in this robot's game to uh, to like destroy something or or or, or other. I, do, I don't remember the details. But again, it was a robot pretending to be a human tricking Shia LaBeouf's character. Right. And he was completely tricked. And now we're in a reality where somebody could misuse this technology. Um, you know, if someone gets a hold of the source code for this and you get enough verbal cues from somebody, let's, you know, like Donald Trump or uh, Obama or, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, you can make these machines say anything as these people and cause, you know, financial destruction for a company. Like you, you could have Mark Zuckerberg say something that makes the Facebook stock just plummet or make Trump say something in North mm-hmm. Korea launches something. You know, it's it's a scary, scary thought, but also very useful when you want to book a table but don't want to talk to anybody. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I, I'm torn. Well, I, I don't remember who said it, but they were talking about uh, this kind of stuff where it's like how we're able to both augment audio and video to the point of believing that it's a different person. And... They were saying that's going to become a problem very soon because you're going to be able to edit uh, person A and make a video of them talking and saying the things that you want them to say because you can, you know, have a 3D model that is, a, mm-hmm. you know, lifelike model and then have the audio program that can make them sound and say exactly whatever you want. It's going to become a serious problem. Did you ever see that Jordan Peele uh, thing that he did for I think it was it was either uh, BuzzFeed or Mashable where he pretended to be Barack Obama and they used the system or technology that uh, Deepface use. So Jordan Peele does a pretty good Barack Obama, but they, the, the computer technology mapped out Jordan Peele talking and put Obama's face in, into this uh, machine, and it looked super, super realistic mm-hmm. And at first glance. At a second pass, yes, you'll notice some inconsistencies with, with how the machine is, uh, uh, is reacting to the different words and everything, but it was kind of trippy to hear and see Barack Obama say these things. Mm-hmm. And then a split second later, they, you know, drop the curtain and it's actually Jordan Peele talking. It's like, oh, OK, that's why he didn't sound exactly like Obama. But I kind of believed that it was. And it's going into what you're saying exactly, that these deep fakes where they're augmenting people's faces on other people's bodies. Um, I mean, it's a real thing. There's a whole Reddit thread or at least four of them. Uh, one of them is very much at NSFW, so I've heard. But there's a bunch of other ones that are kind of funny. But it it it, it really supports your theory that we're in this world. We're in this. We're in that future world mm-hmm. now, where someone could, you know, use it against other people. The only saving grace is if something like this were to have happened, 
there are armies of people out there that will try and figure out if it's real or fake. There's going to be an uproar on Twitter because everyone, everybody reacts the first time that they see something. So there's always going to be an uproar like, oh, my God, I can't believe Kevin, uh, Kevin uh, Hart said blah, blah, blah. Like, well, hold on. At this time that this was recorded, Kevin Hart was in space and he doesn't have that shirt. <laughs> and we've also traced the IP address back to this thing and the other thing back to this thing. So that's how it was created third party. So it wasn't really Kevin Hart. But that 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 research itself is going to take maybe a day or so to mm. actually come come out. So it's going to be like 24 hours where everyone's all effed up about something and that could just be extremely detrimental not just for this country but for like, you know, half the western world. Right. The internet would definitely be on fire for at least a little bit, but hopefully we'd have a crack team of people that would be able to discern real reality from these videos. Yeah, hopefully. I just feel like, well, again, this hasn't happened yet, but I mean, we, we already get tricked with the, you know, Photoshop things or... Um, there, there, there was that one image of Justin Bieber. I think he was eating a taco or it was, he was eating a burrito sideways, like, like it was a sandwich instead of from the end. And people Mm -hmm. are like, why is Justin Bieber eating a burrito like that? Well, Hey, guess what? It wasn't Justin Bieber. It was somebody else dressed as Justin Bieber. And that image just went viral because that person has really good, ways to you know uh, connect with his audience on twitter and instagram and people just started believing it believing it Uh, see what i did there um but oh i know come from me too but uh yeah it was like a day later when the uh the photographer or the person that set up this prank finally came out and said yeah no first off that's not justin bieber i tricked you all and i don't remember what the point or the reason was but he did he did lift the veil of how stupid most of us are i put myself in there too because i believed it as well too i'm like wow why is bieber doing that that's odd i didn't i didn't share it or anything i just thought it was strange but to find out that it wasn't him in the first place i was like oh okay well first off glad it's not really him second off well i I kind of almost believe everything that I see firsthand, and I really try my try my darnest not to. Well, there I was also do- that. Uh, oh, what was it? Some dude went to Manhattan and got like an entourage, like hired some people to be his entourage, like fan- fanning over him, like, "Oh my gosh, it's him! It's him! It's him! It's him!" Um, and so all of a sudden, people started like wanting to take photos with him. And, uh, like be around him and stuff. And yeah. like, people started getting around him and like, pe- they started interviewing these people like, Hey, what do you think of this dude's work? Be, oh man, his work is awesome. Like, yeah, uh, I've seen all his stuff. <laughs> it, it's, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And he's just some dude that hired like 30 people to be around him. That's all. That's all it ever was. Yeah. I mean, the, the social, I, I guess we'll we'll call it like social experiments, things like that. 
Um, Pay Less Shoes did one as well, too, in uh, Manhattan. I don't know if you heard about this, but they opened up a fake luxury shoe store called Palazzi. It was spelled like Italian. And they interviewed all these people that went in there, mostly women. And, uh, you know, they were interviewing them and saying, hey, what do you think of, you know, these shoes? Like, oh, like, I'm a, you know, high-end shoe connoisseur. I know, I know good work when I see it. And the leather on this is amazing. The stitching is great. And in the end, they they told them, what if I told you that the shoe was $20? And the ladies, you know, the person that was being interviewed responded with, "I that's that's impossible. This thing has to be worth at least $300 or whatever. Like, what if I told you that this was not Palasi, but actually a shoe from Payless? And <laughs> she was she was speechless. Um, I, I think that it proves a number of things. One, it proves that people go after brands blindly just because of hype, hundred percent. Um, but it also proves that, uh, you know, we, uh, as, as a society there, there's not a lot of second guessing. It's not a lot of questioning and the whole adage of I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it. No longer applies. It no longer applies because right. we've seen it and we've been tricked. We've heard it and we've been tricked. So now, as, as a society, it is in our best interest to see something and then quickly do a Google search or quickly look it up on Wikipedia or shut up and make a phone call to see if this is real or not before you start lashing out when in fact it's it's uh it's not as bad as you thought hoax. it was <laughs> as a hoax i mean yeah, there was well, at least whole... at least you'd hope uh, you'd hope the general populace would do that the reality of that though oh god yeah don't get me started <laughs> with reality yeah no i mean it it sucks because you know people take advantage of it, right? People take advantage of our heartstrings. There there was a I think it was back in uh, in the fall, twenty eighteen. A, a a wife was stabbed to death in her car while her husband was next to her, and he had said, you know, they had pulled over to give money to this panhandler, and the panhandler turned on them and stabbed his wife. And wow. everyone was just so, like, distraught. And even the mayor of the city said, I'm so sorry, you know, um, you know, you know, obviously the, the, this is terrible and we, we want to make sure that these panhandlers are brought to justice. The people that were uh, not in charge, but there was a representative that kind of looks after the homeless uh, of, of this nonprofit community says, this does suck, however— this is, you know, this doesn't represent the whole homeless community. Like, right. not every single homeless person is going to try and stab you. But people were like, <laughs> they were deathly afraid to even, like, look at a homeless person in the city for months. Guess what? There was no homeless person. The, the husband stabbed his, his wife. And, in fact, Ooh. it was his ex-wife. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so he, he, him and his daughter— her, her her stepdaughter, him and his daughter were actually caught in, in Texas, I think it was El Paso, trying to cross the border. And all through all this, 
you know, this guy is pulling on our heartstrings. We're all feeling sorry for him, sorry for his daughter and this and that. When he himself is the one that, that, that brought her to death. It's like, so, so if you know how to manipulate, you can totally put this into, into, uh, in, in, into your advantage. And going back to the topic at hand, Google Duplex will let you make reservations <laughs> and trick oh, companies. <laughs> Welcome to 2019. So we've talked about scams before on the podcast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So the latest in scam news, I got an interesting email. It was uh, an email from some random person. They the, And then the subject line was a very, very old password that I used. And in the text of the email, it's like, hey, I do know that this was your old password. And when I say old password, Tony, I mean maybe minimum 10 years ago. And it's like, hey, I know this is your password. And I know that you were on this website looking at embarrassing things, whether that be NSFW stuff or whatever. Um, you know, that, that little part of the email can change. Right. But they're saying like, I hacked into your computer while you were there and took control of your web camera and recorded you while on the website. And if you don't give me X amount of dollars, I'm going to send that to all of your friends. And I thought this was interesting because this is the first time where, when I first saw the subject line and I saw my password there. It made my heart skip a beat. And I was like, mm-hmm. what in the world? Yeah. And after, you know, reading through it a couple times and like kind of picking it apart, I realized what it was. But it's the first time that an email scam has actually like made me go, oh, what what is this? And mm-hmm. not just immediately dismiss it. Dismiss it. Right. Huh. So. Obviously, you replied to this, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I sent him all the money he needed. I don't want that video getting out. No. Yeah, no, totally. No, of course yeah, not. It, I got it. Yeah. Most, for, for people who don't know, most of your email providers, if you go to their main site, uh, whether that be Outlook or iCloud or whatever, there's usually on the main site an option to mark the email not only as spam, but also as a scam or phishing. And right. that way... Not only does it remove it from your inbox or your spam uh, list, it'll also send it to these various companies to review so they can add it to their database of, hey, this is crap. Yeah, so you're actually doing a good service not only for you, your email inbox, but for everybody else that's using the service. So, yeah, I uh, I agree. I I recommend if you haven't done those, then – and you, and you start getting them in your inbox, not your spam box, but your actual inbox, I'd recommend you uh, click that switch. Oh, but, if they're in either, honestly, just report them so that way it goes to them and says, yes, these are genuine scams. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I just no, wanted to get I, your thoughts on, like, this was a pretty well thought out. I mean, obviously, when once you start looking through it and seeing, like, okay, you can see where it's kind of... Uh, auto-generated 
And mm-hmm. like, there's just small segments that can like, you know, choose from a set of auto-generated parts. But I just wanted to get your opinion. Like this was actually pretty well done. Yeah. They're getting a lot more, uh, they're getting bold, right? Cause, uh, if your old email has been leaked through data breaches, whether it be from Wells Fargo or the uh, was a Home Depot or Lowe's or Target, uh, and they'd be surprised get, if it was all three. But continue. If if your email is there and your password was there, uh, first off, change your password. I recommend you change it every ninety days, but that's just me. That's what I do. Um, but if you do do see an old password as the subject line, don't worry. <laughs> uh, you should you should be okay. But also, I feel like these scammers they're realizing that the whole Nigerian prince thing is no longer going to work. They realize that more mo- most people are getting. Uh, smart to those emails that say, hey, you want a gift card or you want a free trip to, you know, Cuba or whatever. Uh, People are getting wise to that. So they have to go beyond and they actually have to start not not only paying for email addresses and some information about you so they can trick you to saying, yeah, we do know it's you. They have to pay for passwords. And that are connected to these email addresses. The problem is a lot of the passwords that people are paying for are, like I said, they're old. So if you do see an old password or uh, or, or anything of the sort, even if you do see a new password, don't freak out. Like I said, change your password. And it's annoying. I get it because that password is in probably three or four different devices. But obviously you don't want your stuff being hacked into. So these are the steps that you want to take. Um, There's nothing right now that we can alleviate ourselves from, from these scams, except for using things like biometric locking uh, or YubiKeys or two-factor authentication. So if you're doing any of those three things, then again, you should be safe. But uh, before taking those extra steps, I think just being very aware of how old your password is, is is something that most people don't even think about, nor do they care until they, they start realizing how much money that they're losing. And by that point, it's already over. And uh, banks and credit card companies don't don't really give a damn that uh, that you that you got scammed and that it took you this long to figure it out. So. Um, Quentin, for your service of realizing that you were about to be scanned, I commend you and thank you for bringing this up. But I wanted uh, to let you know also something, a little follow up on, uh, a conversation that we had in the past. Hmm. I have started retiring, um, reused passwords. Uh, something I found in my phone on iOS is you have you can go to your saved password list for like autofill for websites and it'll actually put a little asterisk next to the list like let's say you have a login for Apple, Microsoft, Facebook and Google. 
Sure. And it'll have an asterisk next to, let's say, Apple and Facebook because they share the same password. And it'll say, if you tap on the asterisk, um, this is a reused password. You shouldn't do this. And so when I've been finding ones that use uh, passwords that have been leaked or passwords that are duplicated, I let my phone autofill the password and create a you know, 25 character complex password. I wish that everybody took these extra steps, but most people don't. I, I know, I think it was the last podcast. I, I, uh, made a kind of vague comment, but very specific comment about how irresponsible I feel it is to have passwords for like your Wi-Fi being actual words and like relatable numbers that mean something to you because oh I'll remember it because it's the it's the day it's the day that I was born that's terrible um so I, I I feel like if people listen to that podcast and listen to this podcast and especially hearing you taking the extra steps to go back and make those changes that it would it would be in their best interest to do the same thing because we're not you know, this advice that we're giving, we're not trying to make your life any harder, but at the same time, your life is going to be hard if people get into those accounts and somehow, you know, get into your bank account as well, too, and start rerouting things that you don't want rerouted. So, yeah. yeah. The, things, the thing I've learned uh, that's helped the most is, like on Google, for example, it's like, hey, let's sign, let's get you on Google Authenticator app. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I really don't want to have multiple authenticator apps, but thanks, though. Mm -hmm. And I found out that there's like, for most of them, there's tiny options that's like, or use your own authenticator. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And you can hit those and use just a central authenticator, which is super nice because I was like, you know, Google Authenticator, that's really cool, but I'd rather have one, not two or three or four. Right. Yeah, the Microsoft uh, the thing, Authenticator is good, too. I think that's, that's what you use, right? Yeah, that's the one I use. But um, yeah. the other thing that kind of encouraged me to do this was, and Tony will leave uh, these links in the notes, but there's a couple websites I've used. One of them is called Have I Been Pwned? They have a checker that you can type in your email address on, and it will list how many times it's pulled from these data breaches. Because it's all it's all like public publicly out there. You can choose to download these, you know, millions of email addresses list. You can do that yourself, but this website will actually tell you, like, okay, it's been uh, found in four data breaches, and here it is. And the best part is, is that if there's unencrypted passwords, you can also check that on the website as well. Yeah, as you were talking, um, I wanted to see if one of my email accounts that I use quite often now and have been using a lot more has been compromised. And good news, no opponents found. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. I personally use, uh, and I'll put this in the show notes as well too, something called Authy. And it's a third-party two-factor authentication application. Uh, but it does pretty much what the Google Authenticator app or the Microsoft Authenticator app will do as well. Um, it's just, it's just another company. Um, my feeling of using Authy versus using the Microsoft one or using the Google one 
is that I want to have my stuff kind of spread out, which is why I don't save anything to like the Chrome browser. Or I don't save anything to the Edge browser. Uh, no passwords, no credit card, no no address e either. Because if something somehow gets you know attacked in there, then all my stuff is there. So I try to keep everything spread out. Authy's really good. Have a pwn, great website to go to. But I found this uh, interesting. This happened about a week ago as well too. There was a password that was found to be used in 141 data breaches. It's one of the most popular passwords that's used. I don't know if you saw this, Quentin, uh, but the password itself is JI32K7AU4A83. Now, at first what? glance, it's like, okay, <laughs> why is that random, quote unquote, random password being used by so many different people? Where? Here's why. And it's interesting. Um, Taiwanese internet users decoded the reasoning behind this very well-used password is because on a Taiwanese keyboard, it's the Xiun uh, uh, Fuao layout, which is to us would be a random assortment of letters and everything that spells something in Mandarin. But in Mandarin, it means my password. So, so it's basically putting your password as password one, two, three. Yes. Oh, yes. great. Yes. So to somebody that is using that and you're thinking that you're being slick, you're not. <laughs> you're very much not. So oh, if that is one of your passwords, change it right now. <laughs> like stop. Pause the podcast. We'll wait here. Yeah, one other site that I'm going to also plug, I guess, is uh, HowSecureIsMyPassword.net. Hmm. Uh, it's a website where you can type in your password and it'll tell you how long it would take a computer roughly to figure out what that password is. One of my oldest passwords, it said that it would take a computer about 43 minutes. I'm proud to say that uh, my current password is several years long. Hold several, on. several years. I want to check mine. Where is... I don't care if people hear my clackety keys. Okay, here we go. Copy, enter password. <laughs> it would take a computer about a, a trillion years to crack my password. <laughs> is this one of your auto-generated ones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the glory of those auto-generated oh, ones. It is it, it goes to just stupid numbers. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's so good. I love this. Thank you for introducing this website to me. Now I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be playing around with this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so while I have this here, let me try the password that was my password in Mandarin. And it's going to take four years. Okay, so it's still a good password, but it's, you know, I still wouldn't use it. <laughs> well, yeah, if it's if it showed up in that many data breaches, I'd say that it was a good password. This probably is, you know, out-of-date information. Right. So it's, you know, this is a good test. It, do, it, it doesn't, it's not the definition. It's just a test. Sure. And I, I want to point out, too, both of these websites that we're recommending 
are kind of pseudo ads as well too. Uh, Have I Been Pwned recommends that you start using one password to store all of your passwords as well as have a two-factor authentication account with them. And then HowSecureIsMyPassword.net is recommending that you use Dashlane. These are all very good and reputable companies. I myself, I use LastPass to not only generate my passwords, but also to store my passwords. And then, like I said, I use Authy to be my second factor authentication for said passwords. So these are things that honestly, if you're going to do it for the amount of accounts that you have, can take a whole afternoon to set up. But once it's set up, the likelihood of you ever getting pwned has exponentially dropped to a very low, low level. And I've, I, I feel that taking these steps is in everybody's interest. But it also makes me wonder what other steps in my life <laughs> have I not taken that other people are saying, well, you put so much emphasis on better passwords. Maybe you should put better emphasis on blank in your life. And the one thing that comes to mind is my physical health. So I, sh- I need to go back to the gym. So <laughs> I'm going to take this effort and <laughs> this passion that I have for secure passwords and put it toward having a better lifestyle. (laughs) Well, on that note. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, goodbye, everybody. Would you rather spend four years in jail or marry your ex? Oh, man. Um, Well, I mean, I couldn't spend four years in jail. Like, that would destroy my career. That would not do me any favors. Four years in jail is too long. But, like, how long do I have to be married to her? Is it just, like, the four years? Do I, like, th- that's one of those ones that's like, okay, but what's all the rules behind it? Do I have to okay. live with them? Do I have to be with them? Can we just be, like, civ- like we're married, but we don't Could talk to each other. Could it be an open marriage? No. Okay. <laughs> so, four years in jail, minimum security. Okay? You're not in, like, supermax or anything like that. That's good. Or, or marrying your ex, closed marriage, rest of your life. Rest of my life. Well, obviously, I'm going to pick the four-year option. I mean, that's going to destroy me, and it's going to be rough, but it's longer than life. But I, I feel you like... You haven't balanced these options. These options are not balanced, no matter which way you look at them. Life isn't balanced, with- Mr. Quinton. Okay, Life is hypotheticals all about- are supposed to be, they're supposed to be hard. They're supposed to be a hard hypothetical where both options are, you know, terrible, but you have to pick the lesser of two evil evils. And well, it should be a hard decision to pick the lesser of two evils. This isn't hard. You've laid out the situation of like, you are married to someone that obviously you disagreed with, or you are in jail for four years. Well, Someone might might say uh, like what what uh, you know you were alluding to uh, off the air, which is you know could it be cordial? Like I might be married to this person, but um, you know we never see each other. Still married on paper, not having an open marriage, but um, it's like I have a roommate that also happens to live in the room next to me. 
you know, and um, or four years in jail. Yeah, it sucks and it's going to ruin my current career and maybe future career, but it might light a fire under my butt and I get uh, a degree in jail like many convicts do. And I turn my life around and go in a completely different direction than I had set out to do. And thusly, those four years in jail were completely worth it. I don't know. I'd say maybe a harder hypothetical would be going to jail for 90 days on the accusation of stealing or being married to your ex for two years. Hmm. I'd say that's a little more of a difficult decision. Okay. Okay. Two years with my ex. Now, I, I want to, as I'm contemplating this, are we counting my, 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 ex, my almost immediate ex? Because I already did that. <laughs> yes, yes, okay. it would be whoever is the last person. Okay, all right, okay. Um, 90 days, so three months for stealing. Right, and obviously, you know, you can't leave your job for three months. Right, so after the three months, I'm I'm out of a job. And it's on my record that I was locked up for stealing. Probably have a parole officer of some sort, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how parole officers work. No, you're, you're good to go when you get out. Okay. Um... Let's just say somehow you got it off your record. Like it never was revealed that you didn't steal, but it didn't get out that far and it's not on your record. Oh, well, I'm going to jail. I'd rather go to jail if it's not if it's not on my permanent record and it doesn't affect me from getting another job somewhere else. I'll go to jail for for that time and maybe work out on the sexy bod that I'm apparently going to be focusing on since I'm not focusing on. Uh, secure password so much anymore <laughs> because that was taking up so much of your time so much of my time oh my god yeah that's that's why i haven't been going to the gym just been securing all my passwords but no i mean now i i don't i have no like immense ill will or complete animosity toward my ex personally but at the same time i realized that even two years with this person would be uh futile you know it it would not be worth it for anybody you know and uh and especially if in this hypothetical if i'm going out with the girl that i'm going out with right now in this hypothetical and and it's like oh well these are my two choices so i guess i'm gonna go marry my ex again that's you know that's terrible (laughs) that's that's, that's (laughs) horrific i would hope i would hope that if i were sent off to jail to, 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 you know, to minimum that my girlfriend would say, OK, well, that was a really stupid thing that you did and you're really bad uh, influence on the kids. But I, I would hope that she would, you know, 